a couple months ago, I was at a park with my family, and we were approached by three individuals who were. It be it became very clear uh, very quickly that they were there spreading the gospel. Um, they were Baptist, um, which you know I found out shortly, and it was very interesting because I. I played dumb, and I, oh, I, I loved uh, I loved every second of it. Um, I can't seem to get Jehovah's Witnesses to speak to me for some reason, um, but but these these people were very willing to, especially when I played dumb. And the man's opening question, I mean, first it was like, "Hey, how y'all doing? You know, you, you from around here? You know, where are you from? Well, let me ask you, do you have a church home? You know, you get led into it, and then well, his first relevant question um, to his ministry was. Uh, well, let me ask you something. What what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen when you die? <laughs> and so I, I said, well, a lot of things. I mean, like like what do you mean? Like you know, my heart will stop beating. You know, my lo- people that love me will grieve. You know, there's there's a lot of things that will happen when I die. You know, and and uh, he said, no, no, no. I mean, what's going to happen to you? You know, and I, I said, well, what do you mean by you? You know, my body will die, and so. He went into, um, you know, well, well, you know, your, your soul. What's going to happen to your soul? And I, I asked him, you know, well, what is a soul? He said, oh, well, it's it's the part of you that that lives on when you're dead, you know. And and we went back and forth, and you know, I was like, well, what what exactly is it that lives on, you know? Because certainly, uh, if part of my consciousness lives on after my death, it's not going to be the same that I am now because I'll have, you know, different information and. And then surely, you know, if you're talking about afterlife, you know, and there's no evil in heaven, for instance, then that part of me won't be there. So you can't really say it's the same part. You know, we went back and forth. But my point is he wasn't able, and I asked him, he wasn't able to provide um, any real answers as to, you know, when I said, what is the soul? What is the spirit? And and he kept going back to the script. And I called him out. I told him, uh, I said, you know, you've, you you know your script very well, but you need to expand past it. I kind of critiqued his uh, his testimony by the end of it. And, and I think he realized what I was doing uh, at that point. Uh, he did, he did, you know, well, can I pray for you? And, and try, I guess tried to get me to accept Jesus into my heart. But it, it was just really interesting because it was... Um, there was a younger man with him um, that said he was studying to become a pastor. And when I mentioned about the spirit and, and the, the older guy, I guess I was training him, uh, was clueless. He's, you know, he changed the subject. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what he diverted to, but I, you know, I said, well, what, what is a spirit? Can you define that for me? And he said, well, well, before I do, let me tell you about Romans 3.10, that there's none righteous. No, and he, and he started like going into Roman throat or something, you know, and, and the younger guy seemed more interested in what I was asking. And so I told him, I said, uh, you know, as you study, I want you to consider that the the spirit, you know, a, a, a strong definition is not provided. You know, so all, all the, the word spirit in scripture, it kind of alludes to something or points to something. But when you read, try replacing the word spirit with the phrase pattern of behavior and see what it does to your understanding of scripture. And I think that that's a very, uh, and, and that would also mean that there's, there's a different, uh, there's a different definition for soul and for spirit. So we'll say that soul has more to do with something like 
the consciousness or maybe uh, maybe a type of, of energy or something, whereas spirit has to do with something that something that possesses you. And, and I'll say it this way. Um, there's a book and film series called The Mortal Instruments, and I've never read nor seen it, but just the title uh, really says something. The Mortal Instruments, you know, that that we are instruments or that we are tools uh, being played or being used by forces greater than ourselves. And I think that's an interesting concept, and it's, it's certainly not a new concept. Um, you know, even biblically, it's like, oh, an evil spirit was upon them, or a spirit of greed, or, or uh, a spirit of lust, or a spirit, you know, and, and growing up, we, my siblings and I used to always, always tease our mother because she would always, we were, we were very involved in the non-denominational megachurch scene, and, uh, and so she would, she really adopted the phrase, oh, it's, it's a spiritual thing, you know, any, anytime anything happens, she, oh, it's a spiritual thing, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to come across as a reductionist by saying, uh, a spirit is just a pattern of behavior, um, because I think that, I think that o- oversimplifies it and, and using the religious language and using the terms like spirits and gods and things like that, uh, actually tell us more about what's really going on. I've spent 22 years emulating the God of War and the God of War has had a lot of names. Uh, I like Mars personally and I taught a class, I taught a martial arts class at the same mega church that I grew up in, but it was years later, it was years after my family had left, um, they had a private school, and we went and taught like an after school karate class, and in order to even be allowed to teach, I had to put together a presentation, and they didn't request this, they just weren't going to allow us, but I was able to convince them, um, because somebody from their church, and this is the same church, mind you, that, um, didn't allow me to watch Harry Potter as a child, but I was allowed to watch Lord of the Rings. Um, but somebody in their board or somebody in their church had found some video about how it had pictures of like horse stances and, and front stances saying that these are uh, positions that are involved in devil worship. And that when you do these positions, it's impossible to se- separate them from uh, from Satanism. And and to these people, anything that's not uh, Jesus is Satan. And I, I don't think that's that's true. Um, but I will say that I've come to terms with the fact that that doing these just the stances or or the positions in in yoga, um, the purpose of them is to personify or to emulate different deities and I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you understand what it is that you're doing so after 22 years of practicing martial arts I've learned how to personify Mars and and I've done it in a way that may be different from those that have done it before me because we're all outlets of these divine entities um I'm a very non-violent person, but I do and I have uh, demonstrated the capacity for for violence. Um, I, I learned that the purpose of martial arts is to eliminate evil, and that that starts 
primarily by eliminating the evil within yourself, but but it can very effectively be used to eliminate external threats as well. And and I've been in, in enough situations now where I have used it to eliminate external threats. And there's something that happens. There's a switch that flips when you go into that mindset. Um, and, and adrenaline control has something to do with it, uh, just to, you know, be a little bit of a reductionist, but, but the muscle memory and, and not just the, the muscle memory of the technique, but the mindset that you have to have, um, you know, I used to teach, uh, my older students and adult students that there's different types of, of martial arts. I used to tell them there's self-defense, there's competitive and there's combative and that, um, you know, the three have some overlap because you use the competitive to train the other two and self-defense is your ultimate goal. But there were very few people that, that we would entrust with the combative side of it because it's the mindset of, <sighs> there's things I can't even say. It's, it's the mindset of, of destruction. It's the mindset of, of when you reach that point and you're in the combative mode, um, you're a destroyer and it seems like a very negative thing but to know to know that you have that within you to know that you have that ability um but you keep it in your back pocket you keep it um I don't even want to say suppressed you don't allow that that spirit to manifest through you until it's absolutely necessary uh is is a show of virtue I think um and, and so I'm, I'm kind of rabbit trailing with the martial arts thing, but I think it's a, it's a super relevant example that for 22 years I've worshipped Mars in essence. And, and in doing that, it has affected me. It has instilled a spirit within me that it would be very difficult to remove. It would be very difficult to forget. Now, as far as, as far as spirituality goes, um, you know, I, I do consider myself a Christian because I, I believe that that what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit is what we should manifest in the world. And if we did create a world where the Holy Spirit was living through a majority of the population, then the other spirits would be less necessary. Um, for you know, for instance, this, the spirit of Mars wouldn't wouldn't be necessary because we wouldn't need war if if love did overcome. It's not the world we live in, and um, and I and I do find those other things useful. In Hinduism, they I, I believe it's called Indra's net, um, where they talk about how you, you imagine a net, right? It's um it's kind of like a like a fishing net, you know, and and every intersection of fibers in the net is a person. And then the fibers connect everybody, but it's all one net. And that that's, you know, Brahman, and that we're manifestations of, of that. You know, that, that each point is a point in the universe where um, the divine consciousness, you know, comes into being. Or it's, or it's, it's, it's where um, it manifests itself in the physical realm. And... Um, and that's what we are, you know, we're, we're manifestations of the divine. So there's, there's, there's a side of, of us collectively that's beyond the physical, that's beyond our experience and that we are just probes, um, 
where, where appendages uh, in this realm, having the physical, having the, the worldly experience, and that we forget, um, that we forget who we are, that we forget what we really are, and that, that we are all connected, that we are part of, of the one, the one source, and, and that's, that's what it means to, you know, to awaken, you know, um, or to be born again, and, and Christians don't use the language I just used with the whole net and Indra and, and the connect, the connectivity, um, but, but I think when you're born again, you know, they, they, they say you have to die to be born again, you have to die of the flesh and be born again spiritually, and, and, and that, that goes back to, to the spirit thing, because if you're, if your pattern of behavior that you were manifesting ceases to be and is replaced with divine nature, that it's replaced with the cosmic consciousness sincerely. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're, you're in the mega church and you go up and they're playing ambient music and the lighting and the fog machine and the piano, you know, they're playing and the pastor's like, you know, you could turn your life around if you come to this altar right now and dedicate your life to Christ. Say the sinner's prayer with me and everybody goes, I did that like four times as a kid because they said I was going to burn in hell for eternity if I didn't, you know, but I'm talking about sincerely being born again and, and I think the first time it, it, it really and, and those experiences um, I, I don't know if they were completely useless but but the first time it really happened um, it, it was when I was really delving into Alan Watts and really getting into Hinduism for the first time and uh, and I remember pulling up to my job and parking and I had been listening to an Alan Watts lecture on the way uh, to work and, and there were some trees there and I remember just sitting there and laughing with them. And and I realized like I was laughing, I was audibly laughing and it wasn't it wasn't um I wasn't laughing I wasn't laughing next to them or near them or at them. I was literally that I was laughing with them and I know that's not all oh, trees don't laugh, but I am the trees. And so therefore they do, you know? And it was there was that connection to, to the physical universe, but it was also, it was also realizing that, that we're more than the physical universe, because the physical universe creates the illusion of separation, and so when you really connect to the other things around you, you realize that the separation is an illusion, and then you transcend the physical, um, and, and that's coming into the cosmic consciousness, and so, so there's a pattern of behavior, and that doesn't mean that that from that moment forward I was perfect, um, because it's something you know that it's something that we still forget from time to time, and we're still reminded of from time to time, and and there's a cycle, you know, it's the hero's quest, uh, crossing to the other side, but being able to bring back the artifact uh, that that will help other people attain it as well, um, and and that's that's truly the desire of my heart, but people people don't want to talk about religion, and that's that's frustrating, um, and, and this isn't religion I'm talking about, I mean, I know I'm using religious language and re examples from various religions, because they are pointing to the same thing, um, Buddha used the same analogy as, as the Hindus, the, the net analogy, but instead of saying that we are the nodes that intersect, he said we are the fibers that connect them, you know, and that's another, another, perspective it's another level of transcendence and understanding that that the connectivity you know it's like whatever you do to 
to someone else, you're doing to yourself, you know, and, and I think Jesus, you know, Jesus would have fit right in, uh, in that, under that, under that religion or under that, uh, that culture, um, but instead he was born into a, a more monothe- monotheistic culture and they ended up killing him, uh, because he was saying pretty much the same thing that, you know, is it not written that ye are all gods, you know, and it's like, but there's one God, yes, we're all manifestations, you know, my father in heaven, you know, he talked about and, and, uh, and God, even, even furthermore, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a point in, um, in his story, I don't, I don't remember which book it's in, it might be in more than one of the gospels where they brought the paraplegic to him to be healed. And they said, you know, will you heal my friend, the paraplegic and, and all the Pharisees, everybody was there watching. And he said, uh, he said, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisee thought, you know, blasphemy, who is this man that he can forgive sin? And Jesus read his thoughts and and called him on it. You know, and he said, what's easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. But just so that you know that the son of man has power, get up and walk. And the dude got up and walked, you know, he's take your mat and go. So, I mean, God, how beautiful is that, you know? And he didn't say the son of God. He said the son of man has power. So he's bringing it to this physical level, he's, he's trying to tell us that even though we're these appendages of the divine that are having this physical experience, that we are still divine. All these things that you saw me do, you can do these things and more, you know? And and I think there's some some mythological elements to, to his stories, obviously, but I think it's more than that. And as a kid, you know, I thought, oh, well, that means I can walk on water. I can have superpowers, you know, and that's, that's not it. That's not the point. The point is that we do have dominion, that we do have, have power because we are manifestations of God and we're having this experience and, and the clues and the keys to, to unlocking love are, are right there. And it's so simple and it's so obvious, but we get so caught up in, in, in propaganda and distractions and and all these things that cloud us so you know my encouragement to you is is you know realize realize what a spirit is Carl Jung said that you know people don't have ideas ideas have people and I think he was a bit of a reductionist um, because those ideas are something transcendent those ideas are something bigger than us and uh, and we shouldn't we shouldn't just just think of them as as man-made creations um because it actually goes the other way as well you know that we we are a product of ideas that have been around a lot longer than any single human and that's something to really think about um you know what are we but mortal instruments you know so if you want to you know if this makes any sense whoever's listening to this if this makes any sense manifest a spirit of divine love that's the key. It's not about it's not about happiness, you know. But but doing if 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 you if you connect to everything, if you realize the illusion of separation, and, and you and you manifest divine love because you you have to love yourself because that's all there is. There is no other. That's how we make the world a better place. And and 
if you don't want to make the world a better place, then you're missing the point because that's the side effect. You know, that's what happens because that's what love is. So think about it.